This week, Escape Pod is brought to you by Audible. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can get La Vie Tidhar's An Occupation of Angels for free if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash escapepod and try out your free trial. Audible has over 100,000 titles to choose from in every genre, including over 1,000 science fiction fantasy titles. So either go for An Occupation of Angels or check out one of their many other thousands of titles at audiblepodcast.com slash escapepod. Escape Pod 341 April 19th, 2012 Aphrodisia by Lavi Dintar Hello and welcome to Escape Pod, your weekly science fiction podcast. I'm Norm Sherman. Oh, the pain of unrequited love. This week's story is about barriers, the physical and decidedly non-physical. Ever been in love with something unattainable? Was it because it was unattainable? Was it a woman with bacon hair? Because that doesn't count. It's awesome, but it doesn't count. Not real. You never know what you want until someone says you can't have it. And that brings us to this week's story, Aphrodisia by Lavi Tidhar. Lavi grew up in Israel and currently lives in London. He's the winner of the 2003 Clark Bradbury Prize, was the editor of Michael Marshall Smith, The Annotated Bibliography, and the anthology A Dick and Jane, Primer for Adults. His stories appear in Sci-Fiction, Cheezine, Postscripts, Infinity Plus, The Book of Dark Wisdom, Fantasy Magazine, and many others. Aphrodisia first appeared in Strange Horizons back in 2010. The story is read to you by escape artist's own buxom, bacon-bosomed beauty, Alistair Stewart. So get ready. We've got dinner reservations for two in no space. And it's story time. Aphrodisia by Lavitida. It began, in a way, with the midget hunchback tuk-tuk driver. It was a night in the cool season. The stars shone like cold, hard, semi-precious stones overhead. Shadows moved across the face of the moon. The beer place was emptying. Banwatnak, where fat mosquitoes buzzed lazily across neon-lit faces. Tie-pop playing too loudly, cigarette smoke rising the remnants of ghosts, straining to escape Earth's atmosphere. In the sky, flying lanterns looked like tracer bullets, like fireflies. The midget hunchback tuk-tuk driver said, "'Where are you going?' Mainlining street speed and ancient wisdom. Tone, where are you going? The driver sat on the elevated throne of his vehicle and contemplated the question as if his life depended on it. Over there, he said, gesturing. Then, grudgingly, not far, but it was far enough for us. Tone and bejesus and me made three. Tone with the half-mech body, all spray-painted metal chest and arms, Victorian-style goggles hiding his eyes, a scarf in the colours of a vanished football team around his neck. It was cold. It was earth-cold. Not real. There was no dial you could turn to make it go away. But Jesus not speaking, a fragile, low-gravity body writhing with nervous energy despite the unaccustomed weight. But Jesus in love with this planet Earth a long way away from his rock home in space. Tone, 
an asteroid pigeon. You may go look at him, old girl. No girls, I said. Tone smirked. Pajesus danced on the spot, nervous, excited. It was hard to tell. Tone said, boy, girl, all sign. Pajesus to the driver. I dig your body work, man. Tone shaking his head. Damn ignorant rockworm, he said, but with affection. The hunchback midget tuk-tuk driver grinned, said, You come with me, no pay. Free tuk-tuk. Best offer we're going to get, Tone said, and I nodded. But Jesus passed me a pill. I dry-swallowed. The floating lantern seemed larger then, like warm eyes blinking high above. Let's go, I said. My heart was beating too fast, hungry and horny and a long way from home. Let's go, I said. My heart was beating too fast. Hungry and horny and a long way from home, Tone said. You're a bad poet in half my karma. We went. Piled at the back of a solar-powered tuk-tuk at night, aphrodisia tunes blaring out, burning my careful composure. Aphrodisia, the upload deity, queen of no space. Aphrodisia, who loved me and fucked me and sang to me and left me and left everything and everyone behind and she was everywhere now. Goddess bitch, and I cried and the tears were multicoloured in rust and acid rain. But Jesus, the technical junkie, wrapping his arms around me, and even Tone, patted me on the back. There, there. Awkwardly. I shrugged them off. Nest Brothers, we shared a hub in Tongyung City years before. The asteroid worm, the orbital half-mech and me, shared food and drugs and sex and minds. But we were younger then. On Mars. Earth is different to anything you can imagine. Picture a globe, a blue-green world, more base-level humans than anywhere else in the world. There are no protocols. Everything's unchecked, with no controls. Even the weather doesn't obey a simple command. It's a strange place. A big place. They still do things the old way on Earth. Turn that shit off. Tone. Bass voice rumbling like distant thunder. The tuk-tuk driver turning, sickly grin in place around a cigarette. Aphrodisia number one. My friend don't like it. Hunchback shoulders shrug. Ah, fuck you, as clear as any network broadcast. Aphrodisia singing of love and sweat and blood and rain. The pure clean rain of Polyport on distant Titan. Aphrodisia, can you hear me? My voice small and lost, the artificial wind cold. Cold on my exposed skin, but Jesus waving tentacles and munching on a speed squid slice, suckers opening and closing in time with the tune. Aphrodisia singing, I loved you and I left you, and now I no longer know what name you cried in the dark. Your name, I say, or I try to. Tone pats me on the back again. There, there. The tuk tuk shoots forward, a blur of music and rushing lights. So many people out in these undomed streets. The shadows of the giant spiders moving high above, across their moon. Music and lights and people calling out greetings. The tuk-tuk halts with a smooth, silent swerve, and the midget hunchback tuk-tuk driver says, We there. Me like, Tone says, a half-mech of simple taste and means. But Jesus' tentacles wave in ecstasy. He too approves. And me. 
Before Aphrodisia, I was base level too, more or less. Looking in a mirror, which I try very hard not to do anymore, I am a tall, pale, willowy figure, lunar-born, not the small, pathetic earth one, home to spiders, but the majestic ones of Jupiter, the Galilean moons with a view of the rings. There are holes punctured through my arms and legs, my chest and thighs. Sockets. Sockets. Even my sex had been removed to make another interface available. Unplugged, I feel an alien. Alone, afraid. Plugged into a conch in the no-gravity of space, I'd become the hub, the nucleus, the focal point of convergence. I'd become an intersection of data streams, my fleshbot existence erased as irrelevant. I'd become pure data, without physicality. The only place where I can meet her still. But they took me off the cables and they barred me from that pure wide ocean. And when I cried and fought and tried to kill, they restrained me. And they pumped me with drugs and they plugged all my sockets to stop me from ever going back. I scratched and I bit and I tried to chew my own flesh off, but they were too strong. They were concerned for me. And they left me in rehab until the worst of it was over. But it is never over. And as we got off that tuk-tuk on Earth, Vianchen, that city reaching for the stars and failing, there in the Mekong Valley I felt the shakes coming on and I bit my lips until I drew blood, which was enough. It simply was not enough. Not while Aphrodisia was singing, singing all around me, singing, you will never know what it is like to be everywhere. Everywhere at once, and suddenly Bejesus was wrapping tentacles around me again, and the tuk-tuk driver's grin dropped to the pavement, and tone boomed out an asteroid pigeon. Let go. Let go. By Yumi Patty now. Let it go. Let it go. Let's party now. And so I nodded. And I grinned, and I only shook a little, and we followed our new Earth friend, who had not even a node to broadcast out his name, just a little Earth fellow with a hunchback, not even paid for, towards the lights. The songs and music, the beer and smokes, the guys and girls. <sighs> Towards the lights. The monstrous feminine. Band on Pamai, late at night, the party in full swing. The girls flocked around Bejesus, tentacle groupies reaching out to squeeze and touch. Tone in a corner, talking hush protocols with a robo-girl. The tucked-up driver dozing in the corner, happy smile. A bong on the table beside him. Aphrodisia's music, filling the air like a second layer of atmosphere. I swore off sex, an American told me, a type of Earthman from another continent, bald-headed, an animal leather jacket draped over broad shoulders. Makes you do crazy things. But it was never about the sex with Aphrodisia. It was about love. Love is just another word for sex, the American said. I said, what do you know? It must have come across strong. He pulled back, raised his arms. Take it easy, buddy, he said. But I didn't know how to take it easy. I needed a fix. There were Vietnamese dolls on the street, and there were guys selling plateau and weed and opium. The monstrous feminine, a building of bamboo and concrete, the party building up. Someone set up a miniature battle arena on the floor and set two blobs of Chinese nanogoo fighting. People taking bets, people hooking up, people high, people low. People. Earth was chock full of people. Too many people, and there was only one I wanted, and she wasn't human anymore. I needed a fix. 
No one was paying me any attention. But Jesus had slunk away to a dark corner, Tone was motionless with his robo-girlfriend, talking. Fucking, you can never tell with the mechs. Aphrodisia was singing all around me. When the dark rains came, you washed away forever. You could do anything on Earth. Too many people, no way to control them all. I needed a magic man, I needed a voodoo man, I needed a wizard, a blacklist operator, a backstreet fixer, and this, this was a backstreet if ever there was one. It didn't take long. The longer than I'd like, searching the crowd for telltale signs, thin bodies in too many clothes, hiding the plugs, the self-mutilation of love. We were people like thin wires, taut and easy to break and always hungry. I followed a girl with a black eye patch over her left eye, deeper down the street, towards the back alleys, sleepy hollows of bamboo and bricks, frangipani and jasmine on the night's winds. The one-way ticket looked like a gamer's zone from the outside, dripping neon light and the sounds of explosions, guns going full blast, zombie kids inside strapped into warrior gear, a faraway look in their deadened eyes, but this was just a front... Deeper into the shop and through an unmarked door, no one tried to stop me, I saw the girl remove her eye patch. Nothing below but a gaping hole. Masses of writhing cables bursting out of a white painted wall. She took the end of a thick cable and she rammed it into her eye and she was still. I needed it. I needed it bad. It was quiet here, it was too quiet, and I could still hear Aphrodisia singing. She always sang to me, for me. I had that, at least even when she took everything else. A jack put up his hand, politely. Mister, you want in? I said, I want in. He nodded sadly. You have socket. I took off my coat. Underneath it, I was, of course, naked. My socket-riddled body perforated with holes. He cast a critical eye. All blocked, he said, the same sad voice. I said, give me a knife. I scraped out goo and blood and bones and opened up one, two, uh, three. He stopped me, said, enough. The bandwidth's not good too much. Two is plenty. I scowled, but let him lead me by the hand. Cables sprouting from the wall. Direct access, pure shit. Not like nodes on the edge of vision. He selected two and I ramped them in and I screamed. They call the first spray Sitsiblong data, in the same way the ocean spray is called Sitsiblong Sawata, the shit of the sea. And it was beautiful shit. It hit me in waves, hovering closer to the nexus, rushing through. The rush took me, lifted me, shot me forwards. Her voice in the distance murmuring words. She was everywhere, a hundred thousand fragments of aphrodisia. She was on jettisoned, and she was in polyport, she was in Tonyung, she was in the lonely long houses of the asteroid belt, and she was on Luna, and she was on Earth, and she was everywhere in between. How many of them are there? No one knows. They're not like others. Those alien digital intelligences St. Cohen bred so long ago in his breeding grounds. They are not like Vietnamese dolls with a rudimentary expert system built into an android body, and they are not like dragon... It was a mix of both. They were human once. Now they weren't. They were floating in the no space of everywhere. All devil belongs best. They called them devil meaning spirit. Ghost. Every. In the old tongue of the islands. I didn't care about them. I cared. Only for her. Floating. Floating in the sea of no space. You can't describe it. So I won't. I was waiting for her, 
calling out to her, fashioning around me a shrine of black nothingness, a temple of despair. Aphrodisia, I said. Her song came through the blackened sea. So long ago I wasn't real. I was a thing of flesh and blood. Enough, enough, I murmured, singing, so long ago when time was love. But now I am, and everything is casted low, is made anew. So go, so leave, you mortal thing, a boy who dares look at his queen. Aphrodisia, I need... She whispered through me and was gone. They found me lying on the ground. The sun was rising in the skies. If I was cold, I didn't know it. My coat was gone. My open sockets bled. The cables missing. So was the jack. The one-way ticket shut. The open socket of my groin, crying tears of passing blood. You're fucking sad. Tone, tin man monster, half-mech. Friend, towering above me. Bejesus writhing on the ground in fear or ecstasy. It was never easy to tell. I saw her, Tone. I told her... You told her shit, he said, but not unkindly. They had the tuk-tuk driver with them. His dopey smile welcomed the day. We thought it would be better here, Tone said. I tried to smile, and I failed. Screw Earth, the tin man said. Let's go back up. Pure, clean space. She'll always be there, but Jesus said, the rockworm's words aching in my head. She told me she was going, I said, trying to remember. But Jesus, going where? Beyond no space, I said. I shivered. There's no such place. Yet she was gone. I couldn't hear the music, a blackness where memory should be. How will I find it? There were no maps beyond the holes. We brought you some clothes, Tone said. They helped me up. They dressed me. The midget hunchback tuk-tuk driver said, I take you home. No pay. We went. And that was our story. If you truly love something, sometimes you have to let it go. If it comes back to you, you'll know it wasn't a balloon. And if it doesn't come back to you, well, if you liked it, you should have put a ring on it. If you didn't like it, you should have melted cheese on it. Let's hit some episode feedback with Escape Pod's very own midget hunchback tuk-tuk driver slash assistant editor, Nathan Lee. Take it away, Nathan. Head do Sodwe. Assistant editor Nathan here, speaking to you from my secret outpost in the belly of a giant spacefaring whale. We're going to look at the feedback for episode 335, The Waterman, by Ursula Flug. The surreal story of an odd artist in an odd city and the odd man who brings her water. Waterman met with a mixed response, ranging from Electric Paladin, who wrote, I loved this story. It was deeply strange, strangely beautiful, and inexplicably weird. I can't claim to understand it, but basically everything about it was neat. This was a story about art, beauty, and survival. And really, isn't that all a story needs? I guess you could potentially cram romance in there, but no story should have everything. All the way to Catfish, that's Catfish with two T's, whose plaintive cry went out, What was that? It was like the author threw a bunch of words against the wall and saw what stuck. So let that be a lesson, aspiring authors. Words and spaghetti are two categories that do not fully overlap. 
the mixed reactions were sometimes encapsulated into a single all-powerful being, such as Makefile, who wrote, At first, I didn't like this one. I've been mulling it over since I listened to it, and it's growing on me. It's certainly not the most coherent story, but that's not the point. This is an unreliable narrator giving us a brief glimpse into her world. Rembrandt coined us a new term, though it didn't catch on much in the thread. This was a sushi story. Nothing wrong with sushi, but when you're in the mood for a hamburger, even the best sushi still leaves you with an appetite for tomato sauce and small brown crumbly bits. No lengthy arguments about scientific minutia this week, alas, but as Electric Paladin said, you can't have everything. Tune in next week when the comments from episode 336 put something in my drink. Thanks, Nathan. So, that's our show, folks. Remember, Escape Pod's a production of Escape Artists Incorporated, and it's produced with the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, which means don't change or sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. We rely on the donations of listeners such as yourself to keep this ship afloat each week, so consider donating to us if you enjoyed our story this week. If not, you can always blog about us or tell a friend. Our music is by monster surf rock band Daikaiju. Check them out at daikaiju.org. And our closing quotation this week comes from a famous 16th century play by Bill Shakespeare. You guess which one has the line, Out of her favor, where I am in love. <laughs>